Hey, everybody, welcome to the Big Life Podcast, where together we explore this great big life that God has for us. I love it. I love being with you guys. Uh, I always look forward to being able to share a part of my own journey, uh, my own walk with the Lord. I so enjoyed having Rachel on last week. She is uh, incredible. I love hearing about her experience with God. And so uh, we're just talking about walking with Jesus. This is just how people walk with Jesus, how I walk with Jesus. And and uh, and I just want to be able to pass that on to somebody else. And Rachel was able to do the same last week. But I want to jump in to fresh content uh, this week. And the title of this episode is called Lidocaine. And if you know anything about lidocaine, I think I really don't know a lot. I just know if I go to the dentist or if I get stitches or something like that, it is numbing medication uh, that they use uh, to numb an area so that they can work on it. And so uh, that, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. One of the things that I was really surprised about when I entered into my own discipleship process, and I think so, I, that word discipleship, I think it's kind of one of those churchy words that uh, weirds people out, but it is one of my favorite words. And there are some words, you know, like church words, are they, they're, they're kind of getting thrown out. People are getting a little less religious and they're trying to be cool. And, and like, we don't call it a sanctuary anymore. Now we call it a worship center and we don't call them sermons. We call them talks or, but discipleship is one of those words that I don't think we can throw out. And I don't think it's a weird churchy word. This is literally the way that Jesus lived. And discipleship is really simple. It's one person who has uh, learned how to walk with the Lord, teaching someone else to walk with the Lord. And so uh, when I was going through my discipleship process, when somebody was teaching me how to walk with the Lord, how to walk with Jesus, how to have fellowship with him, how to have a relationship with him, when when I was doing that, a really strange thing began to happen. And uh, that strange thing was, is I kind of slowly began, slowly and steadily began to awaken to uh, some painful areas of my past and some in, in my present that I had not felt uh, in a really long time. I just began to awaken to some things and I was really, I was almost surprised by it. Like, so here I am going on my journey with Jesus and, and uh, I'm in this process with the Lord and I just begin to awaken to some painful areas of my past and some painful things that were going on in my present that I didn't even realize were so painful. And, um, uh, and so I sat down with uh, with my mentor, with with Pastor Nancy, and and I asked her the question. I said, <clears throat> "Excuse me." I said, "Pastor Nancy, what is this? Why am I all of a sudden remembering things that I had forgotten, feeling things that I haven't felt in a long time? This it, it felt like I was actually going in the opposite direction that I was supposed to, right? Because the closer I get to God, I thought uh, the easier and the more pleasant." Uh, things would feel. And uh, that's not always the case because remember, feelings are indicators. They're not dictators. And so uh, I'll never forget telling her this. I was sharing her specifically some of those things that I was beginning to awaken to and feeling, and it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it. And I was like, why is it that the closer I get to God, the more pain, if you will, the more pain that I am feeling, the more, the more aware I am becoming of some of the painful things that have happened in my life. And 
I'll never forget what she said. She said, the reason is, is because we were never meant to manage our own pain. I'm going to say that again. We were never meant to manage our own pain. And uh, she, she went on to explain, and now I understand it as uh, I had been trying to, or I had not been trying, I had been managing my own pain. I had been finding ways to cope, ways to deal, and ways to numb some of the difficult areas of my life so that I didn't have to deal with anymore. I was a pain manager. I was managing my own pain when really the purpose of pain is to get us to the physician, right? If, if something happens to you, if, 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 uh, if you break your arm, and I'm going to tell a story about that in just a second, but if, if something happens, if something painful happens to us, usually pain drives us to the source of healing. And so that is the purpose of pain. The purpose of pain is to get us to our source of healing, but when we choose to numb it, right? When we get out the lidocaine, when we pull out the painkillers, it stops us from that very thing. And what was happening was in my process, in my uh, discipleship process, as I'm learning to walk with the Lord, as I'm learning how to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm getting weaned off of all the ways that I had been numbing pain. And now I'm coming to the Lord and, and the pain is becoming more real, but it's driving me to him. When we numb pain, when we ourselves in our own strength and our own power, when we manage our own pain, it stops us from coming to the source of healing and deliverance and reprieve from that pain. So, uh, you know, we're not the only ones that do this. It actually, uh, there's a really good story in the Bible, and or it's not a story, it's a scripture in the Bible. It's really familiar. It's the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, and he, he's talking about this pain that he's been uh, afflicted with. He's There's a thorn, he describes it as, something that's poking him, something that's causing irritation, something that's causing pain. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, and I think it's so powerful. This is the Passion Version. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this thorn, of this thing that is hurting me. And uh, it says, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me, so that I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. God's so good. For when I feel my weakness, I'm going to underline that. When I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I am surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. This is such a powerful verse because Paul, the Apostle Paul, he writes two-thirds of the New Testament. This guy is experiencing pain, but I love it. He pleads with the Lord. He, he is not trying to numb the pain through his own uh, ways. And I'm going to talk about some of the ways that I numbed my own pain because we all do it. He's not trying to numb it, but his pain drives him to the source of healing and reprieve. And I love what he says. He says, 
that uh, that as he comes to the Lord, he's talking to the Lord. It says that as he comes to the Lord, he it says, "I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me." Whenever we, the closer we get to God, the more awakened our senses are going to become, and the more we are going to actually begin to feel the difficulty of our lives. We're going to, we're going to be awakened to some of these things. And that was what was happening to me, uh, five or six years ago is I was becoming awakened to things that I had numbed out of, in my own power. Now I'm coming to Christ and I'm becoming awakened to those things. So I can be awakened to, or, or sense more deeply those difficulties so that I can realize that I was never the source of fixing those difficulties, but as I come to Christ, He is the one that uh, that can bring reprieve. And I love it. It says, "For when I feel my weakness, when I feel the pain, when I feel the difficulty, when I can feel that." See, I, I spent my entire life trying to not feel what had happened, and it wasn't just one thing. It was, you know, I, I think a lot of people they spend their entire lives trying not to feel. And it's like, why would I want to come to God where I am going to have to feel? Because if we don't ever feel, then we're never going to be pushed towards the physician, the great physician, to be able to be truly healed from those things. And at the end, he says, for my weakness, my pain becomes a portal to God's power. That's why we can't, we, we got to get off the lidocaine. We got to get off the painkillers because it is that pain that will become a portal to God's power. And the only the Holy Spirit can awaken us to that and allow it to drive us to the Father. Pain was never meant to be managed. It was meant to move us towards God. It was meant to move us towards Him. We are not pain managers. We are taking our pain to a person. He is the only person who knows how to deal with it. So good. You know, I was, uh, recently I had somebody come into my office and, and, um, I had spoken with this person several times before and, and they came into my office and, and they said, they sat down and the first thing they said is, is they said, I don't want you to tell me what you usually tell me. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this is really interesting. They said, I don't, I don't want to hear that I need to read my Bible more. I'm really going through this difficult time. I don't want to hear that I need, you know, to come to church more. I don't want to hear that, um, you know, I, I don't I don't want your, I, I know what you normally tell me. You tell me the same thing every time. I need to get closer to Jesus and, and you know, that I need to, uh, uh, you know, well, really, I, I in the past, I'd encourage this person to, uh, get into a discipleship process, and that's not what they wanted. They said, "I don't, I don't want to get into a process that's going to take, you know, six months, or it's going to take a year." And and really, I didn't want to really mess them up because it's not just six months or a year; it's a lifetime. We're on this journey with Jesus, and it is a never-ending journey. And so, uh, it's not a destination; it's a journey. And so, uh, I, I was talking to this person. He, he said, "He said, I, I don't, I don't want your usual answer." He said, "I just need." something that's going to help get me through the day. And, and really what he wanted, he wanted lidocaine. He wanted some Vicodin. He wanted, he wanted a pain killer. And, and right there in that moment, I realized I don't want to be a pill pusher. 
I'm not a pill pusher. And that's why this podcast, it's not for everybody. That's why, uh, it's, it's, it's really, truly, it's, it's not pushing pills. None of, none of this, no, no one episode or even all the episodes, none of this information is going to bring reprieve, uh, permanent reprieve in the moment. And it, it, it may bring it just for a second, but it's, it's not, I'm not pushing pills. I am pushing a person. Because if you remember way back at the beginning of this podcast, the entire entire point of this podcast is to be the Pitocin drip to your purpose. It is because uh, there is something in you that God is moving you towards. And really, truly, it's not a a, uh, somewhere, it's a someone. And so I'm not pushing pills. I'm not pushing a temporary fix. I want to push a person. Because there is no true fix in this in, in this life. It is grabbing the hand of Jesus and walking with him step by step and allowing the Holy Spirit to deal with the things that he wants to deal with when he wants to deal with them. And, and so pain is, uh, is something that in this season of discipleship in my life uh, that God was awakening me to. And, and really, I was, I just couldn't believe that I had been numbing some of these things for so long. I had been pushing them down, suppressing them, dealing with them, coping with them. And, um, and, and I think I'm not the only one that does that. You know, when I was a kid, I, uh, I, I was, I don't know, I was probably, I think I was 14 or 15 and I was at a friend's house and we were, we were, uh, we were doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing. We were children partaking in adult uh, beverages. I don't. I guess that's a good way to say it. Maybe you're in the car with your kids. Uh, so we were out drinking and partying as teenagers, and we we got on some four wheelers, and we're, we we went over. And I was on the back of this four wheeler, and we went over this jump, and it, we go over this jump, and uh, when the four-wheeler came down, my arm hit wrong, and I broke my left arm. I didn't know it at the time because I was uh, I was actually on a certain kind of painkiller, and I did not feel the pain fully until the next day. And so I woke up the next day, my, my arm's all swollen, and I called my mom, and I didn't, I, she had to come pick me up from my friend's house, but I didn't tell her about my arm because, number one, I didn't want her to know what I've been doing. And my mom listens to this podcast, I think. So mom, I'm sorry. I don't think you've ever been told that before. I'm sorry. You have to find out about it here on the big life podcast, but thank God for Jesus. All right, moving on. So I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't, I thought somehow somebody would make the connection that we had been uh, misbehaving. And the other reason I didn't want to tell anybody about my arm is because I had all-star tryouts coming up for baseball and I loved baseball and I I didn't want to miss my all-star tryout. So I went two days, two days with a broken arm, not telling anybody before finally the pain was so bad that I had to go tell my mom and they took me to the doctor. Doctor looks at the arm and the arm was broken, but because I had waited for two days, it had actually started to heal. The, The bones had actually started to heal. And so not only did I have to get my you know, endure the pain of a broken arm, 
But because I didn't go to the physician in a timely manner, the doctor actually had to re-break my arm over his knee. He called it surgery and billed the insurance company a lot of money. But he broke my arm over his knee again so that he could set it properly and so that it could heal properly. But pain pushed me to the doctor. But because I was a kid and didn't have access to narcotics, it only took me a few days to get there. Right. And trying to deal with the pain didn't stop me from having to deal with the pain, trying to deal with the pain myself. I can do this. I can I can I can uh, gut it out. It didn't stop me from having to deal with the pain. It just kicked the can down the road and, and I still had to deal with the pain. So no matter what you're numbing the pain with, you're really you're really not getting out of anything. You're just kicking the can down the road. And and there was actually somebody. uh a while back in, 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 in my life, and, and this person had a, a tooth. They had a messed up tooth. And I, I don't know if you've ever had a messed up tooth, but it's a really painful experience. And so they were uh, in a lot of pain, and they, but they wouldn't go to the dentist because of financial reasons and insurance stuff. And, and so they just kept on taking painkillers, taking painkillers. And finally, I talked to the person and like their mouth, they were like bleeding, like they, th their mouth was just bleeding. And they were like, it's okay, I can't really feel it. I'm taking painkillers. And uh, he used painkillers to numb the pain. So to avoid needing to go to the to the doctor and, and get it fixed, right. And finally, it got to the point to where they were coping. But I looked at him and I was like, I can't take it anymore what you're going through. I, I literally can't watch you go through this anymore. I, I, I'm, I, I made him a dentist appointment. I sent him there. I said, we'll figure out the money. We'll figure out what we got to do, but I can't watch you suffer anymore. So he goes to the doctor, gets the tooth pulled and, uh, and you know, he's in way better condition. And so, uh, I think that that's a lot of us. I know that that was me. I know that that was me. I had been numbing my pain. I had been managing my pain to, and I didn't realize that this is, was, was the actual plan of the enemy in managing my own pain, but it was to keep me from my source of healing. It was to keep me from the father. Remember hell will do anything it can to keep you from the father, to keep you from your source of life. And, and so he will, he, I'm pain. Paul actually, he said it, he, he viewed pain as a gift. It was a gift because it was taking him to the father as long as he could feel it. It was a portal to God's power as long as he could feel it. But if he numbed it, if we numb it, then it keeps us from that portal to God's power. And so today, uh, I, I'm, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, not, not all at once, not because some of y'all right now, you're even thinking about a couple of things and you're like, no, I don't want to go there again. And, and I'm not saying that, the, that, that God is going to make you go there. God is still rolling back the curtain in my life and showing me areas where I'm still numbing my own pain. But I just, I remember being in that initial awakening to where I was, I could not believe that I had been managing all of this stuff on my own apart from God. And I had been missing the portal to God's power. And I'm so glad that there was someone there to walk with me and say that, Colby, you're not meant to manage your own pain. Our pain is meant to be taken 
to Jesus so he can do what he sees fit with it, just like he did with the Apostle Paul. But I just wanted real quick to talk about some of the, uh, specifically some of the painkillers that uh, that I was using and that, and some of them are things that God showed me initially, just, you know, those few years ago. And some of them are things that uh, God showed me even in the last year that I was using to try to manage my own pain instead of coming to him uh, to be my source of healing and reprieve. And so, uh, you know, I, this, when I was in this process, I was, uh, 15 years into walking with the Lord and a good 10 years into being in full-time ministry. So my painkillers didn't, I thought because I wasn't drinking, I wasn't doing drugs, I wasn't out sleeping around. Uh, I wasn't doing some of the obvious things that people do to numb pain. Alcohol is a pain number. Uh, uh, sex is a pain number. Uh, drugs, pain number. So I wasn't doing some of, of, of those, uh, and I hate to even call them this, but I, I would call them the more obvious ones, the ones the church loves to point out and talk about. But uh, so here I am. Uh, 15 years into walking with the Lord. I haven't drank in 15 years. I haven't done drugs in 15 years. I've been uh, m- married and faithful to my wife. So so I'm, I'm, I'm not using some of these things that are more obvious, but I was, uh, God was showing me some things in my life that I was using. And I would say the very first thing that God revealed to me uh, as, as I was awakening to some of this pain of how I was coping and dealing with, uh, with some of the things that I had gone through, uh, the very first thing was uh, was judgment. The very first thing that the Lord showed me was judgment. And just to put it in a nutshell, and I just want to share a few of these things with you guys, and, and trust me, there are more. And if we had more time, uh, we could talk more about them. But my whole point in sharing mine is to... Uh, Maybe get 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 yourself in a place to where you could hear from the Holy Spirit about some of yours, because your painkillers might not look like my painkillers, but it really doesn't matter what they are. The, all that matters is is we're managing our own pain, and it's keeping us from the Father. When we manage our own pain, it keeps us from the Father. And, and the very first thing that God showed me that I was doing to make myself feel better without coming to Him was I was walking in an and an extreme amount of judgment. And uh, I mean, I'm talking about an extreme critical spirit. And just the bottom line of that was, is I was making myself feel better by obsessively. And I cannot stress obsessively enough. I was making myself feel better about my own stuff by obsessively seeing the flaws in other, in others. So judgment was a huge huge thing that the Lord uh, opened my eyes to. It says in uh, Romans chapter 2 that the very things that we judge in others, we habitually, it says uh, in the Amplified Bible, we habitually practice those very same things. And that was very eye-opening to me to see that uh, one of the main ways that I was feeling okay about myself, that I was numb to my own difficulties, was to uh, point out the difficulties that other people were were in and going through. I had 2020 vision 
for everybody but myself. But that is why we have to have the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has 20-20 vision for us, and he is so kind he is so gracious. He See, what I would do is I would just point fingers at everybody else and say, you're doing this and you're doing that and I see this and how come you're not doing this? And and and, and that that was me because I'm a, it's, it's so critical. But the Holy Spirit is not a critical spirit. The Holy Spirit is a compassionate spirit and he sees our flaws and he walks with us and it, at the right time, in the right way, in a way that is so loving and so kind and so compassionate, he reveals those things to us, not to shame us, but to call us into a closer relationship with the Father. We never, we never receive judgment when we come to, when the Holy Spirit leads us to the Father. He's not judging us, he's leading us to a place of freedom and kindness and comfort. And so I, 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 judgment was uh, one of the big painkillers of my life, and it is still something today that, uh, that God deals with me about because I'm telling you, it is so easy to, as fresh circumstances, as fresh difficulty, as uh, you know, fresh experiences happen in our lives, it's so easy to pop a pain pill instead of going to the Father and pleading with the Lord on how to deal with this pain on how to deal with the difficulty. And uh, do, you, do you see how it's really simple? That everything that sin and hell has to offer is taking us away from God. And everything that heaven has to offer is, is, is always going to push us to God. And so our, our, our painkillers, our lidocaine, they're taking us from the Father. And uh, instead of allowing that pain to become a portal to God's power, that is such a good word, I love that. So pain, uh, I mean, judgment was one of the ways I was uh, numbing my own pain. Religion was another way. Remember, I'm not drinking and drugging, but I've got some other stuff that I'm using to, uh, to shoot up with and make myself feel better. Religion, uh, simply put, is uh, when I work for God without letting him work in me. Religion is when I work for God without letting him work in me in me. There's no reciprocal relationship with him. It's just me doing something for him without allowing him to do anything in me. I'm simply a hired hand. That's religion. We are a hired hand and we feel better. I felt better about myself because I was doing something for God. And it blows my mind that literally I was using the work of the Lord to keep myself from having to go to the Lord. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it is so real to me. I was using the ministry to keep myself from having to have a real, true, living relationship with God. I was working for God without letting him work in me. I was simply a hired hand, and it made me feel better. A lot of people feel better because they're checking off the church checkbox, I feel better because I helped with the children on Wednesday night. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to help with the children. I, I, uh, I went to that outreach or I came to a church service or I'm part of that uh, ministry team. I feel better because I'm doing something for God. But if we're just doing something for God without letting him work in us, if the relationship is not reciprocal, then we're just a hired hand 
in church can actually be something that keeps us from a living relationship with him. Religion is so dangerous. It is so dangerous. And uh, I'm telling you, church in the hands of hell is a scary thing. It will keep us from the Father while, while, while keeping us so deceived. And we're so close, but we're so far away. We're so close, but we're so far away. And so, but church in the hands of heaven, come on, somebody. It is such a powerful thing. It is such a powerful thing because it is not just uh, me doing something for him. It is a reciprocal relationship where me and him together are walking in fellowship hand in hand, and he's working in me. And that is the only way that I'll ever be able to do anything for him is with him. So, so judgment, religion, uh, and I'm going to wrap up with, uh, I'll, I'll do a couple more, but these are just some of the things. And, and I'm telling you, I had a list of things. And it, it, the, the more I walked with him, the longer I walked with him, uh, the more he was able to show me these things that I was using to manage my own pain instead of coming to him. And uh, so the, the third thing that was big to me, and this was really a recent revelation for me, was anger. Anger. Anger is like a It, it, it is it is it is some serious uh, painkiller. It is some serious lidocaine, and and it's so deceiving and deceptive because anger, it doesn't seem like it's pleasant. Like you ever see somebody that's anger, it, it, angry? It, it doesn't seem like they're they're enjoying it. But I'm telling you, anger can be such a uh, anger can be such a familiar and uh, it's like, it's, it, it is like an ointment that I'm telling you it, anger to the person who uses it. It is like, it, it is like a sweet massage. And I know this because uh, it's something the Lord revealed to me. I've, I've never considered myself to be a really angry person. And it's really funny because uh I don't know. It, it was in the last year there was someone teaching on on anger and about how are, are we using our anger as a way to uh, to manage and 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 basically manage our own pain. And so they're 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 talking about anger. And I thought I remember listening to the teaching and I remember I, I re actually remember thinking this is such a funny thing to to teach about anger. Anger. It's just so interesting that. Uh, they're, they're, they're teaching about anger and because it doesn't seem like something that would make you feel better. Anger seems like something that makes you feel worse, but, uh, we become so accustomed to, uh, feeling angry that it actually becomes a comforting feeling to us. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but if, unless you felt it, but, uh, are, if you're someone who is, uh, uses, if, if you, if your initial reaction in every situation is to be angry about it, then I would suggest to you that it's actually more comforting than it is uh, something that you're upset about. It is a reaction that brings comfort to you, and it was for me. But I remember listening to this teaching, and I was like, "Well, that's silly. I'm, I'm, I'm not an angry person. I don't really get angry about a lot of stuff." And and I thought that was a, a interesting. It was just an interesting teaching to me at the time, and I thought that doesn't really apply to me. I always have people that come up to me after church, and they're like, "That was a really good word, but that doesn't really apply to me." And usually whenever we think, you know, that really wasn't for me, that's whenever the Holy Spirit's about to grab a hold of us and say, let me show you 
how little you actually know about yourself because he knows us so well. And so I, I, I listened to that teaching. I thought it was a strange teaching. I didn't think it was for me. And I went, I was in my office, uh, later that day and, and I got a text message and it was a silly text message. It wasn't even anything like, like Colby, you're the scum of the earth. It was, it wasn't like, nobody's like talking bad about my mama. They didn't call me names. They didn't threaten my wife or children. Like, and I got that and I'm telling you, I got the message and it set me off. And I know that the Lord allowed this to happen. It set me off into a crazy rage all by myself in my office, a silly text. I, I, I literally went into a rage and I was just so angry and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he was like, so, so, so what were you telling me earlier about your anger? And I thought, oh my gosh. I see now how this is a pattern in my life and how this is a way that I'm managing my own pain. And so I was able to get with the Lord and uh, walk through some of that. And and so it's still something that I'm walking through, but anger, judgment, religion, anger, uh, I could go on, but this is, uh, this is, I think, I think we've done enough for this episode. I, I just want to ask, how are you numbing your pain? Why would you numb your pain if it is a portal to God's power? And I want to encourage you to take, allow yourself to feel what the Holy Spirit reveals and then take that to the Lord because only he knows how to deal with your pain. The purpose of your pain is to get you to the Father. And if you're not, if it's not taking you to the Father, then it's not fulfilling the purpose. And hell is winning because of it. So, uh, I wanted to finish with this scripture and then I'll wrap this up. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, it says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. I love this. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. I love it. He comforts us in all of our afflictions and all of our pain and all of our difficulty. And my, my, uh, my prayer today for you is that you would not try to manage your own pain, but that your pain would direct you to the great physician. He is the only one who can bring comfort in any area of difficulty in our lives. I love you guys. I hope that this blessed you. We'll talk to y'all next time. Thank you so much for joining in today on the Big Life Podcast. For more information about Colby, visit colbyhill.com or follow him on social media. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Once again, thank you for joining us on the Big Life Podcast, where together we explore the great big life God has for us.